You're listening to the Spirit Hunters podcast on the uh, network. Find out about our pod brethren and join our now public and free Discord group and support the show at um, patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. There's big black spots in the outline. He's not just fucking up. If you have a network and you want us to join it, let us join it. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 30 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Sarah. Patrick. Joe. And last time, we saw Ilkago played Bolster, um, Metal Gear Solid, and then Kilo <laughs> reenacted a famous Kabuki play named Nirakami, and then Togashi announced the birth of his second child. This week, we're all talking about tactics, exhaustion, and noble warriors. You better get ready. Dang, we're legit playing Final Fantasy Tactics. I'm down. Nah, man. Tactics Ogre. And you know who the Ogre is? It's uh, Yuppie. Well. He has many layers, as we'll get into. Episode 120, Fake and Real, or in the Japanese title, Nishimono to Honomono. Original released in Japan on March 12, 2014. Uh, that was the right year. The equivalent manga chapters are chapters 283 to 286, which were released in Japan on October 20th, 2008. Uh, that was a pretty good year. I, I like 2008. They had a couple good games. Like Metal Gear Solid. Actually, Metal Gear Solid uh, 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 4 came out that year. Wait, was 2008 when the global financial crisis was in full swing in October already? Yeah, like I said, Metal Gear Solid 4 was released. Uh, did I dress up as, I think I dressed up as Greed from Full Metal Alchemist that year, or did I dress up as Travis Touchdown? I honestly don't probably. remember. It probably was Travis Touchdown, and the next year's probably that, because I think FMAB came out nine. Oh, yeah, I think you're right, because I remember watching it while I was working at a Korean news station during an internship between my sophomore and junior year. So you might be right. Good call. Yeah, that was a pretty rough year, 2009. Yeah. Especially having to deal with Fumalakuma's Brotherhood being released. Damn. Wow. Oh, fuck <laughs> you. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you know GeoGuessr? Nope. So GeoGuessing is this activity where people get like a random Google map, a uh, Google uh, Street View screenshot and then have to guess where they are in the world. Oh, I remember that. that was it's a, pretty that was sick. A fun the game. people who are good at it are really good. And like, I actually kind of admire that level of, because it's not just like memorizing useless stuff. It's like, things that are interesting about the culture and government in different places to like tell you like about different rulings about uh streets and buildings and uh infrastructure and language and stuff it's pretty cool but i was just thinking like man you just did a fucking geo guess for the year which was pretty good Wait, what? based on halloween costumes oh actually that'd be kind of fun like just yeah and just using that experience of oh let's try to see okay so it's a picture of this character and that character, and then there's this. Oh, okay, it must be this year because, like, like it because this just came out. And then just throw them completely off. If you saw fucking photos from Halloween's and then could just guess what year it was, that'd be kind of impressive. Unless everyone's dressed as the same shit, then you're like, yeah, I know what came out this year. It's like everyone's in the Squid Games, uh, Squid Games jumper jumpers. Like, oh, I know what year that came that was. 
Trick question. They were actually celebrating the release of a pink PlayStation 1 controller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's pretty funny. You're before baby. Sorry, what? Did you say that's pretty funny for baby? I I said I I don't I I don't think I said that. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty funny for baby. <laughs> I'm baby. All right. Anyway, speaking of baby, in this episode, <laughs> Poof uh Poof revels in having tricked Morel into unleashing him by dispelling the smoke. Morel is distracted by the implicit mind games of whether his actions. Uh, we're correct until Yuppie shows up and the combined force of Knuckle, Morel, and 89 Deep Purple Smoke Puppets take on the red Toguro-adjacent <laughs> Minotaur? Yeah. I'm sorry. So th- th- there's, a, there's a lot there to unpack. I like how the mind games of weather is, is, is written as weather as in the weather instead of D-H ether. And a- then for some reason... For some reason, 89 Deep Purple Smoke Puppets sounds like a title of a CKY song. It sounds like the title of a CKY song, but also like an alternative title for Ram Ranch or like a lyric within Ram Ranch, really. Yeah. 89 <laughs> Deep Purple Smoke Puppets on the Ram Ranch. Exactly, yes. I don't know. For some reason, that's it's funny to me. It's funny to me. <laughs> oh, to but baby? Yeah. Yeah, smoke puppet baby for baby. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Anyways, uh, Hina and Reina happen upon a crushed Bizef who offers them material wealth in exchange for helping them to the horror of a hidden wealthin. Bizef has an internal monologue where it becomes almost explicit that Iskorto is being set up for an Iraq War style invasion based on the presence of quote unquote biological weapons. They just they just want the oil underneath the uh, <laughs> underneath the, the facility. Yeah, re- really, really. But uh, Poof throws Morel's pipe into the water while the narrator explains the working of Beelzebub and physical and emotional stress on Morel's will and cognitive ability to figure out Poof's overly complicated game theory-ass diagram slash riddle. Honestly, now I'm thinking about it, I never thought about it, but maybe it is an analogy for the Iraq War almost, or that line, at least a subtle like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think there's a lot going on there, uh, and this is definitely something we'll touch on at the end of the season, but I think this is a portrayal of a lot of different things, because clearly, like, the uh, V5, as they are at this point in the series, which is, like, the collection of the five most powerful nations on Earth in Hunter Hunter, are definitely stand-ins for the UN or the G7, um, but we'll get into that later. So, the narrator goes on to explain how Knuckle made the wrong decision with regard to the information that both he and Poof had consciously but that he actually made the right decision based on his emotional reaction <laughs> to his years of battle experience, almost preternaturally intuiting a greater truth than either he or Poof could have ever spelled out, like, logically. Yeah, no, it, it definitely seems like it's like a, a back and forth, like, oh, no, maybe I, I messed up. No, actually, I didn't mess up, but no, I did. But yes, I did, but no, I didn't, but yes, I did. And it's like, <laughs> yes, you did! <laughs> yeah... It's like, are you, should you listen to your IQ or your EQ sort of thing? Like, which one's better, Bingo. which one's worse? EQ? Uh, emotional. Uh. Yeah, it's a, it's a term for emotional intelligence, like, because it's based on, like, the intelligence quotient being IQ. So it's like, what if you had an emotional intelligence quotient? Oh, I never, I never heard it described that way. That's I, actually, I actually like that, though. Yeah, I think I like it. it. I don't know. Is it like a technical term? Because I've just seen it it's on not. the internet. Yeah, it's like it's it's definitely informal, but like I do think it's actually like a pretty a pretty good pop culture summation of it. Because even IQ is like frankly kind of bullshit. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good console to IQ. Uh, I think IQ Intelligent Cube was actually a pretty great PS One launch game. <laughs> 
Totally, yeah. I, I really wondered why they could, you could play uh, Nintendo games on that. <sighs> if I was better at whistling, I would have definitely just whistled the GameCube intro tone. Um, but, like, for real, uh, EQ is normally described not only as your ability to understand other people's emotions, but also your own ability to recognize your own emotions and be able to live better with them. So it's kind of hmm. like a more holistic sense, and because of that, it's not really a good... It's not really something you can do uh, objectively, but it is like kind of like a good pop psychology way of explaining certain things. Interesting. Yeah, no, I never really heard that terminology, but I like it. I like it. It's kind of like a like an in, another way to say that your in, your instinct or your I guess your like a your gut feeling. I guess. Well, intuitions related, but they're not. They don't mm. wholly overlap. But in this case, this is much more about intuition and the idea of instinct isn't really something you're born with for humans instinct is something you train mm. and like he's trained his instinct and uh this reminds me a lot of the end of season two of jojo bizarre jojo's bizarre adventure where joseph is fighting cars and uh sarah i forget you've watched up to this point yes, right yes i have okay cool cool so the part where like joseph's like well i'm just absolutely defeated i'm fucked we're on top of a <laughs> the, a volcano that's being shot into the stratosphere because of a beam that went into mount etna i guess and then, like, all of a sudden, his hand, which had previously been, like, cut off of his body by a resurrected Aztec god, I guess. Uh, Mayan? Stripper god, know. actually. Yeah, stripper god, uh, beautiful man, perfect being, uh, sex is useless. Um, his hand flew up from the explosion and pierced that man's throat. And then the guy's like, oh, my God, did you plan this? And then Joseph, like, he's just in the background and he's like out, out of focus and he's clearly looking distressed. And then once he's asked, like, did you plan this? He comes back into focus and then he just looks at the camera and says, yes, I did. I totally did. <laughs> and then it had a, it's, it's like, man, man, I got lucky. Holy crap. But actually, there, there's actually an interesting theory with that where apparently there's a theory that he actually had uh, he actually had. Um, um, his 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 uh his stand power a hermit purple at that time that he used that and that's why he was able to read people's minds and sort of get that intuition or at least part of the hormone was because I think Iraqi described hormone as basically if they could see it, it's basically vines wrapped around the user's uh, entire body in I a think, way but I think there's some validity to that but I also like to think it's kind of like a hunter hunter type situation where usually the power you evolve reflects on your innermost person yeah no exactly it's kind of like that where it's like and that's another theory is that maybe it's just like the the stand power became what he really was like the embodiment of the hormone powers that he had like the force the foretelling and sort of the he had it but he didn't realize he actually had it if that makes sense for sure so, and yeah just to swing it back to hunter hunter I, I definitely think this is like a really interesting idea that like yes based on all the information these two had Poof was right, but on, based on the information that they could only feel, he was right. <laughs> exactly. He didn't want to risk it, and honestly, the only thing I was confused about is if, if like, the way that he worded is, so could he technically get out of the cocoon, but his main body is stuck in there? Or because, I mean, by stuck in there, he can't get out of the cocoon, no matter how small he So this is incredibly... It's it's very obvious once I reread it a bunch of times, but I'm also like, man, you really set up something very convoluted for the sake of this, huh? And it's he can divide his body into tiny microparticles, which can get like insanely small, with the exception of his core, which accounts for the majority of his aura, which is which he said at most can become the size of a bee. Like it cannot be smaller than that. 
Yeah. And so the bee cannot get through Smoky Jail because Smoky Jail is too fine for a bee to get through, but like yeah. basically microparticles can get through. So basically all he needs to do is okay, I'm gonna vibe here. Okay, everyone else in my 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 other side of the body is gonna re mad materialize on that side and fuck shit up while I'm just sitting here with you just vibing. Yeah, but like basically he was actually happy that the smoke was broken. Well, for for two reasons. Uh, because he he basically thought that if the smoke wasn't broken, there was a chance that Morel could have actually killed him by just crushing the like by realizing what he was doing. There's a part where he's like, I thought you might have realized or something, and I'm thinking my in, to myself like, who would have realized this? Literally no one. <laughs> yeah, because he was hiding. He was using the cocoon shards as a hiding place, so you could technically okay, I'll hide underneath these cocoon shards, and unless Morel like is literally like like big brain to start stomping on them he would never figure it out yeah it's even more complicated than that because not only that but he had all the super fine particles go to the outside reassemble a facsimile of his body that then talks to morel through the smoke is like i'm out here behind the wall my thing is why didn't he just keep him busy and just do all his shit he was doing while his main body i guess he was afraid that he was gonna catch on and crush him and oh yeah now he's dead exactly like, exactly cool. and so there's like three distinct possibilities that could have occurred here and this is the one that he thought was the like so poof thought this was the best for him being let out um but like it's actually probably better that morel got out because poof was like oh uh had i been divided like this i could have just like you know killed uh his friends through various manipulations because i think he basically says if they aren't as smart as morel they're doomed to be tricked by me either through a combination of hypnosis or through confusing them through like voice play and like uh you know a fucking emotional manipulation etc asmr play you know i get you yeah yeah, yeah. foot play dog play exactly. yeah, yeah all of this yeah yeah it, play, it's pretty weird <laughs> vor as we'll actually encounter later <laughs> i mean you're not wrong i mean he's small enough anyways uh, so back to the synopsis, but Morel and uh, Knuckle pull a tag team Joseph Joestar as they make Yuppie think he has the upper hand by making it seem he can discern the smoke clones from the real ones, revealing he can't, and then claiming there was never a real one, and then decking him in the fucking face to reveal that they got his ass. <laughs> I was like, got him. Yeah, there, no, I loved like... the multiple misdirections there. There was a lot. Basically, what he did was he ran with them, and then once the last one died, or the last couple died, he hopped away, and then he hopped back and punched him in the face. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Prestige? I feel I've brought it up on the podcast before. Is that? I think I saw the sequel to it with you. Or, 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 no, I'm thinking. No, of there's the, no the sequel hold. to Prestige. I was thinking of. Uh, I was think. Sorry, I was thinking of the siege. What is this? <laughs> oh fuck you! <laughs> that's okay. That's pretty funny, but. Uh... But the prestige, Sarah, have you seen it? The in a really long time ago. It's the been a Dueling while. Magicians movie. Yeah, the one with um Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Uh, I don't remember if it was Hugh Jackman or not, but it was definitely Christian Bale. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but the reason I bring it up is they talk about magicians who keep tricks hidden from even their closest allies for the majority of their life. And I'm just thinking about how, like, in order to trick them with this smoke thing, he had to have been setting this up weeks ago when he sent all those rabbits into uh, East Gorto in order to have uh, Poof. Oh, uh, no, not Poof. In order to have Pito 
like realize that the rabbits were not physical beings and have done stuff with the puppets. And so basically it was probably a very closely guarded secret that he could change the density of the smoke puppets such that they appeared real. And like, so there is a lot going on here with, you know, Hunter Hunter likes to play with the idea that allies wouldn't tell each other the full extent of their powers. And when you do, it's like a sign of like great trust. And so this is definitely one of those cases where it allowed them to keep a operational secret that you would think allies would have otherwise had to divulge at some point during combat. I could have sworn there's another show I watched that did something similar to that, where they basically had, uh, they had, Oh, I'm keeping it close secrets. No, I'm pretty sure there's another anime where it's, Oh, I'm thinking, um, uh, chainsaw man where it's like, I, I have these powers, but I'm not telling you what they do. For yeah. Your I was thinking it was chainsaw man. Yeah. I was, th- yeah, that's the one I was thinking, but yeah, it's, it's kind of fascinating and it's, and yeah, maybe they they did know, but they just didn't, you know, let them know that they know, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely possible. Um, I actually posted an interesting culture note about Chainsaw Man uh, the other day. I don't know if you saw it, but um, it involves one of the powers in there. We, we can talk about it another time if we ever cover Chainsaw Man on this show, because I finished uh, season one of the anime and, and liked it a pretty good deal, but definitely a longer conversation than we have time for now. Like I said we should definitely do. I think it'd be fun to do like show, like uh, like I guess call it like flavor of the month, not flavor, uh, like just like like in pop anime and just talk about its influence and maybe Tagashi related things eventually. Yeah, I mean, we would definitely talk about Jujutsu Kaisen Mm -hmm. first, then because it is Jujutsu Kaisen is pretty much a love letter to Tagashi. So (laughs) yeah, because I I like what we did like with Cowboy Bebop, like we we did that one off thing. Yeah, like I I kind of like doing that and do that for like a, a different show like Chainsaw Man or Juju. I'd definitely Juju's be down. Bizarre adventure. Yeah, I'd definitely be down for Juju's Bizarre <laughs> <laughs> That's what I called my bar mitzvah. But anyways. <laughs> uh, so Shoot wakes up in a medical tent and catches a glimpse of Nav's back as he walks away into portal towards the battlefield. Uh, Flash to Gon, staring down Pito, who begs the person in front of them to stay away. Turns out it's uh, Poof behind Gon, ready to hashtag do a murder. He gonna do a kill. He's an Agamiga kill. I never saw that. What's that one about? Because I get confused with Kill a Kill, which is obviously very different. I have no idea. I, just, I it's the same thing. I think of Kill a Kill or Gamma Kill. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I think I've only seen posters of it and thought, you know, why not? And then I never did. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm gonna look it up right now. Honestly, a Gamma Kill is is like Scryed. I don't know a single person that's actually watched it. I actually but did they watch Scryed. But you watch it? I didn't know anybody that watched it. I remember seeing an adult swim and I don't know why, but I, I never I it was like S Cry E D. I was like I, I was like I guess maybe it was before or after shows I didn't want I watched. Oh, it was way before because yeah. pretty much outside of uh Hannah and Sarah, the only people I know who watched it are older anime fans. I watched it yeah. randomly no, I, yeah. because it was on Adult Swim and also one of the voice actors that I watched from another show that I was like, oh, hey, I recognize this person. So I tried to follow along with the story and I could not for my life figure out what it was about. <laughs> I ever Okay, I was going to this... ask you, what is it about? But I guess that, I guess no. There, I, I said, think I guess the I'm only not. thing I remember, there is a rivalry between like the redhead character and a blonde character. But I don't know oh, why they were fruits rivals. Basket? Yeah, you know, yeah. it was Fruits Basket. So <laughs> I didn't remember. It, it, Laura Bailey wasn't in it, it, but it might as well have been. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I didn't even know this was... Yeah, like I said, I just saw it in Adult Swim. It's only 26 episodes. I didn't watch that. 
Dang. All right. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch it then. Oh wow. Oh god, Joe. It came it came out right like right before 9/11. Like there's an episode right after 9/11 that got released. Oh my god. Uh Never forget. Subscribe. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, I I I was I was subscribing to a fucking subscribe uh, I was subscribe. Fuck you. <laughs> I was subscribing to a fucking trading card game magazine back in the day at that time, which was uh, named was Scry. So just basically the same name without the D. Uh, it's it's probably probably named after the Scrying is in Magic the Gathering. Honestly, it probably was. Um, they they covered Magic the Gathering and like uh, what was it? Legend of Five Rings. What was the big uh. Seven Rings, yeah. The uh, Ariana Grande song was a really popular TCG. I was at the time. thinking of Sonic and the Secret Rings. Yeah, exactly. Seven Rings in Hand. Yeah, but yeah. Um, actually, I didn't know you were into card games back then. I, I mean, I was. I wasn't good at them. My, what's interesting is my brother actually was good at them. Like what like, he played like, as a kid. Yeah, he played Yu-Gi-Oh and would go to like local tournaments and was like pretty good. Oh, nice. I used to go to tournaments too. It was a ton of fun. We'll have to play Yu-Gi-Oh sometime, or just go play Commander. We're definitely with us. not playing Yu-Gi-Oh, but I would definitely be down to play like a closed set deck uh, board game with you. Like, if you've ever played, uh... have you ever played Dominion? No, I haven't. I've only played it once, but I really enjoyed it. But we should get into playing closed set, uh, like deck builder games. Hmm. Definitely. But yeah, do you guys have more to say about the anime episode, or should we go to the uh, manga version? Um, no, I think I'm good. I just said I just want to say that I really liked the, uh, I like like these, like this episode a lot. I, I don't know for some reason I like the, actually I think it's the next one I like, but I like the, just the craziness of this one I guess, <laughs> and this the whole oh like you looked, you thought this you but you thought that but no I thought this and that. I, I do like that they're just like yeah and Morel probably would have had a better idea if he weren't so fucking tired and like emotionally stressed out and I was like wow this show is. Very realistic about that, but then I'm like, oh yeah, this is probably about Sagashi's mental state, huh? Uh. Yeah, because I mean, at this point, he's been up for like a couple days at this point because he had to he had to patrol the cities with this the guy the the smoke monster things all day. I guess this is lost now. Uh, he had to like do the planning okay, okay. and stuff. It took me a second. I was like, what are you talking about? But yeah, no, there's there's so much there's so much stuff. So it's not surprising he's getting massively exhausted. Yeah, I'm just what's the I'm just imagining what's the craziest all nighter bullshit you guys have ever done? I pl- I beat Pikmin and like and like an all nighter like just the whole game. Nice. Mm. Oh, and Smash Brothers. I don't know. I feel like the craziest things is when you reading like a fan fiction until like five a.m. in the morning on a weekend. <laughs> That's the craziest Whoa. thing. <laughs> on a or definitely... a weekday, which is very irresponsible. Don't do that, <laughs> especially if you're a working adult or in school just don't do it <laughs> lol i definitely i can't remember if i spent 48 hours or 60 hours doing a marathon for a fucking final i had where i just made a youtube poop for a final for a digital culture film class i took <laughs> oh my god you stayed up eight hours 80 60 hours straight doing that yeah I did. And like it involved me just like sitting in the school library till like way too late at night and just freaking out and like, you know, going to my going back to my place and taking like an incredibly cold shower in Chicago and going back to the library and fucking hating my life. Also, I lived next to a uh, fried chicken place at the time. So I, of course, went to the fried chicken place. 
I just imagine like it's like three in the morning. Some guy's going in there to work on his paper early. Do you see you click on the video? My boy, my boy, my boy. No, it was a lot of my boy because I was talking about the paternalism of American copyright law. So it was that and the part in G Gundam where Master Asia reaches for Domon's hand and he pushes him away. And he's like, oh, yeah. Like I just imagine like just like some random dude seeing you doing that. He's like, man, the finals week's been rough on everybody. This man's losing his fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of losing your mind, do you want to talk about the manga? Yeah, sure. I I don't know what I lost my mind about, but I, I'll uh I'll I'll lose it anyways. So uh, I like this 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 the way that that uh, that Poof is portrayed in this. He looks he's looking very shoujo. It's so good, dude. I really think the anime misses out on a lot of his looks. Yeah, like like I don't know. He, I think specifically Tagashi made him looking very shoujo and the. Like purposefully in the manga, but it, he comes off as like just a little pretty boy, little pretty boy, like maybe pretty anime boy versus a like a, a dead ass shojo looking character like uh, a what's the name from um like just like anyone from like any of the clamp stuff. You look at the art and the, and the guys in there look like very very pretty pretty boy. I was gonna say maybe like a Rosa Versailles character, then I'm like his hair isn't nearly curled enough to be Rosa Versailles. Uh, what was the name of the of of uh what's her name the Sakura's lo- uh, like his the older brother's friend that he that she likes? Oh, uh, I only remember his like secret hidden name. I don't remember what was it Yukito? No, let me let me look this up. But but he looks he looks kind of like him. That's sort of the vibe I'm getting, like that that pretty boy look, mm. kind of nerdy oh, pretty it, boy look. It is Yukito. Yukito, man, I need oh, to finish okay, watching Oh, okay, because his last name is. Suki Hiro. Of course it would be Tsuki. Tsuki. Yeah. Of course it's Tsuki. Of course. Mr. Love. Well, no, no. Tsuki meaning moon. Oh, I thought Tsuki is like like Tsuki. Like and then, I mean, spoilers, but his hidden name is Yue, meaning moon in Chinese. Oh, God. He's Chinese. Spoilers. Yeah, that's the spoiler. He's <laughs> Chinese. Welcome to Cardcaptor. <laughs> Oh God! All right. Well, before we get canceled, uh, the next one is I. I like when they add curse words randomly into the manga. It's like, "What the fuck have you done to shoot?" And he's like doing like this looking face. Like he does look that. like a rage face there. Yeah, it's very it's like, interesting how they do it. It's almost like he has he. It's like a mask almost. Um, actually, yeah, that's it. it kind of does look like that, like a like a like a white white plain face mask over his thing. I kind of like that. Kind of looks like when you, you know, like horror movie style, like rip the face off another person and put it on yourself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's giving a uh, faceless vibes. <laughs> yeah, I guess someone. Really, I thought. I guess someone really thought he had a nice face, and they just decided to take it. I was trying to figure out how to combine what no like no head and also like face off and I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> uh, I I just go the classic ATHF. Also, new season apparently is announced for it. Oh yeah. Okay. Speaking of bonus episodes, that's one we gotta do, dude. I'd be down. Aquatine Hunger Force season six. Yeah, we'll bring Holly and Brian. Colon movie for theaters, for anime. I'd be super down for this. Let's just bring a ton of guests in down just to the spin-off series but anyways um the next one is so i probably brought this up before but i i don't remember but i really like this implementation of the clock in the manga showing how much time it's been elapsed in there so i kind of i kind of like that and gives more perspective because i don't think they really do that past really 
the beginning parts of it, like the countdown, if that Wait, makes sense. Am I reading this correct? Is it seven minutes, 29 seconds, 49 milliseconds, or what am I reading? I believe it's just seven minutes, 29, or seven minutes, 29 seconds. Actually, I don't know what it is. Um, maybe it's the, I actually was confused. It has a day counter in there, so maybe it's a, maybe it's seven hours. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure. Nine days, nine doors, nine hours. I don't know. I need to play that game. I remember I wanted to watch really badly, but it was like $1,000. So I was like, nah. Nice. Uh, so one other thing about the image you posted. Do you know what that black shadow is? Because I think this is a detail they leave out of the anime, or at least it's much subtler in the anime. But I really like this. I actually wasn't sure. What exactly is it? Oh, that's the, that's the people. That's the, the crowd of people, of people right? who are under hypnosis and about to be fucking murdered. Oh. I, I just like I, I like just seeing them staying there like, uh, like just like. The pa- like just like hypnotized the entire time yeah it's a giant black shadow in the manga that i don't remember seeing in the anime my thing is that i think some people are still coming so i wonder i wonder if they're being hit <laughs> they're yeah it's, it's just a big come coming fest i was like yeah okay cool but no they're still they're still marching there so i'm wondering are they also hypnotized or are they just like what's going on and i think they're probably hypnotized on the way although i guess if poof is here that does make me wonder if they're like yo what the fuck is that <laughs> Yeah, because like I, I could have sw- yeah, because he's not doing the the wing thing to make them, but I don't know how far it carries and how much of an effect it is. So, I don't yeah. know. Surprisingly, but- Togashi didn't include a wind current map in the manga, which seems like something he would do. Yeah, I mean, he put in all this other detail. I think he was trying to stay alive at that point. So, I think maybe that was the, what he wanted to do, stay alive, but. I do like another thing I did like is the uh, the diagrams that Tagashi uses, like the little guy, the little Hulk guy with the marionette, or uh, or showing what would happen with uh, with when uh, Netero grabbed uh, grabbed Poof. So, so those what if or diagram things. I always love those details, and oh, you mean I'm Morel sad they didn't. Poof. Huh? Morel grabbed Poof. Okay, that wasn't a diagram thing. No, no, no. You said Netero. Sorry, what did I say? Oh, not Netero. Um, Morel. Sorry, Morel yeah. grabbed Poof. That sort of diagram sort of thing saying, oh, if he got me, this is... And I like that that detail. and <laughs> It's a cute image, too. Yeah, that, um, too. Like, with, ah! the, with the Puppet Master thing, there's a whole fight in fucking Naruto Shippuden that can just be described this way. Is that just the struggle of trying to watch the show with all the filler? <sighs> it's It's pretty bad, but there's a fight where they, like, have two Puppet Masters fight each other, and it seems like a cool fight until it's absolutely not. Makes sense. That that sounds about right for Naruto, but I actually yeah. did really want to watch that Kai that you talk, told me about. I feel like I'd be better off just reading the manga because, like, so Kai is good, but it because of the way they edit it together, because they show the same scene cut over different episodes, they change the soundtrack. Like, the soundtrack is changed in the original source, so they have to stitch it together, and the soundtrack just doesn't match, and it's fucking weird. Huh. All right, I'll, I'll probably just read it then in that case. Yeah. But yeah, 72 movies, exciting, good stuff. Can't wait. But uh, anyways, uh, and then this one they showed up, like, and I think I, we talked about this before, that they, they interstitch different parts in the throughout the manga, but in the anime it's just like one block. So it was it's showing uh, like uh, Killua talking with, uh, talking with uh, Melorun about like going and, uh, and, like, st- and like helping out the group. And I do like this thing of a. Uh, I got the magic word Kaito on my side after all. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean Kaito Kid, he's here. Yeah, Kaito one four one two, one of my favorite uh, 
anime pro tags from uh, Detective Conan. Go watch all 1,000 episodes, guys. Totally worth it. Just kidding. I, don't do that. I forget. Is there a manga of that, or has that always been an anime? It's a, It started as a manga. So the, the, manga, the first manga was actually Kaito 1412. Kaito really? Kid. Oh, yeah. so it's like Sailor V and Sailor in Sailor Moon. Yeah, pretty much. It's That's like cool. a he basically was like, "Oh crap, uh, this Kaido Kid thing didn't sell." But why don't I incorporate it into Detective Conan as well? So that's kind of what he did. Damn, can't believe gorgeous, uh, gorgeous Irene is here. Hell yeah, gorgeous Irene. But yeah, uh, and then the pupa in this what is it the pup the pupa the pupa? pupa in this version is much more obviously feminine. So they basically show a pupa that they're like, "Oh, a human we captured is developing." And then it's much more clearly feminine in this one. Is it like is it like pink and has flowers on it or something? No, there's a figure inside of it. You can see through semi-transparency that has like a feminine shape. Fair enough. Fair enough. How do you know it's just not uh, not the uh, uh, pito sleeping? I mean, that wouldn't change what I said. I, I guess it wouldn't. No, I guess it wouldn't. Anyways, uh, do we have any deaths? J- just a bunch of smoke puppets, I guess. Yeah, RIP to the, was it 77, 70-something smoke puppets, I think? Uh, no, it's actually 99 uh, Luff Balloons. Luff Melorons? <laughs> yeah, oh my god. APR actually does a little bit of that later, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no no deaths, I guess. So like, what did you guys think of the episode overall? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. It was, um, I think the moments with shoot. Um, Gingon and then Knuckle freaking out I thought were really um, good because they just felt like Knuckle in his a place where he's already just so um, like his emotions are so high and just to have his friend be gone is <laughs> probably a turning point like I don't know if he's still going to be able to think like if I was in his place I would just be in full panic mode so the fact that he's able to kind of at least reason out some things is very impressive to me. And I'm also glad that shoot is actually okay. Um, Cause I was worried like, I mean, it's like who, I don't know if like anyone would attack him cause he's already down, but you never know. It's just one of those things. And I liked the last scene with um, Pito gone and proof. It just, I think it just feels like something big is going to happen, at least between with Gone. Because I feel like the, for the most part of the arc, he's been pretty, um, at least for the last few episodes, he hasn't really done much of anything. So I'm just kind of ready for him to like pop off, do something crazy. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very crazy. excited for it. <laughs> down, down. Yeah. I, I really. I really like like this episode a lot in these last these next two episodes. I really like it and it really goes more into the battle theory and sort of the the inner minds of some of these characters, which I really enjoy. I know we haven't really got a lot of that, but like this part is really especially great for the inner mind mind being an enigma and just milk spilling over. So it's pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I think I definitely like the next episode more, but I do like this episode a pretty good deal. It's more for thematic reasons than actually the action in it. Um, just kind of the discussion of intuition as like a honed thing versus like logical thought and even like conscious emotion. 
and uh, how those kind of interplay with each other and just sort of with the continuing themes of like the deepening of like the individuation and personality of the different chimera ants as well um, and sort of the development of each of the figures on both sides like even with shoot even though he got his ass kicked eventually like the personal growth he went through in like just the moments of fighting like Yuppie were tremendously impressive and we'll continue to see that reflected in both his side and also the ants as well and I really like them being pit against each other in a way that's like clearly sharpening them both yeah and i don't think we mentioned that i actually wasn't sure this this episode of the last one but uh with um with a uh, nov coming back for a uh, for shoot yeah he he came back for him uh technically it's in between episodes they don't show it they just see his body gone yeah, I uh, yeah, because I wasn't sure if they showed that hospital thing in the next this one or the next one. Oh, it's in this one. Okay, yeah, that was I thought that was kind of funny. Like he's on a table, you see him going through a door, it's like uh, uh, what's going on? Yeah, no, I do like that. Shoot is basically using his powers in a very efficient way. Uh, not shoot. Uh, that Nov is using his powers in a very efficient way of basically doing a combination of like bringing people to safety, like evacuation, and also reconnaissance. Because, like, you know, he was, like, this warrior, but, like, his power set would do really well at both a combination of spying, which he was doing, but also evacuation. Yeah, no, he doesn't seem like a a power user. He seems like a... So, like, um, I guess the best way to describe it is the... Is, like, um, uh, Biscuit's power, where it's, like, it's not clearly offense, while she has, like, offensive powers. It's mostly... Her nin powers are mostly used for, like, support abilities. So his can be used for support, but like, so while it's not good for a prolonged battle against a one-on, it's not good for a prolonged one-on-one battle. It is good for supporting in a long-range team, team battle, but also for one-on-one purposes is good for assassination because he can just telefrag anyone. Yeah, just just go goes behind him, stabs them, and be 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 like. Uh... Oh, what's that meme? It's 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 like nothing personal, kid. Nothing personal, kid. But I was thinking more like how he just opens up a portal and then closes it, like ripping off people's heads. Oh, that too. Yeah, that also works. Yeah, it's a it's a I pretty f- sick Mortal Kombat fatality. I actually forgot he did that to that one ant. I completely forgot. It was really about. sick. It was. Damn. Either that or he does the stage fatality where he kicks him into the portal and then Netero's on the other side and then fucking murders them. Or he just should, he should just get a giant spike pit and just use that. I'm down. It has to be at the bottom of a subway. I don't know. That's how Mortal Kombat three worked. I think. Yeah, he just punch. He just punches them upwards. They fall fall down. Toasty. Um, exactly. But anyways, that's enough for that episode. But uh, before we thank anyone else, let's thank our patrons who help make this show possible. Uh, I'd like to thank Tim. How about we go? How about we go in a round, guys? I'll say something. Patrick says something. Sarah says something. We just go like that. I'd like to thank Tim. Mia. Hanaro. Arthur. Valtteri. Mickey. Alexander. And Lucas. And Tim. And Alexank. And Tim. (laughs) And Luca. Uh, And I was going to say, and now a word from our other compatriots and benefactors, but you know what? We have no benefactor, whether unless they're anonymous, in which case this is very great expectations-like. But if someone wants to be are that pirate guy who I met one time in my life uh, and not Miss Havisham, we could do that. Hey, Tommy, can you edit in the theme to Arthur and the uh, between the takes, just the entire theme of Arthur from the, the PBS TV show?
uh, Tommy, could you edit in the theme song of uh, Franklin uh, about the turtle? Yeah, do that one, and then do a uh, do a uh, uh, was it Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Yeah, I th- I think this is all a good plan. Just do that anyway. back to back. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the the theme songs to to uh, was it uh, Arthur Franklin and then Chippendale Rescue Rangers in that order. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Hey, it's Franklin coming on with play. Here he comes with all his friends. God. All right, so we're back and we're now going to cover episode one twenty one, defeat and dignity. Or in Japanese, I boku to menboku. It was originally released in Japan on March 19th, 2014. The equivalent manga chapters are 286 through 290, which were released in Japan on November 10th, 2008. Hey, welcome to the Obama years. <laughs> Hashtag Abomination. Yeah. Now that Obama is president of the Hunter Association, we'll see some change. <laughs> or we'll just see a bunch of drone strikes, either one. Ooh, don't spoil Hunter don't spoil Hunter Hunter, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh so Poof isn't sure how to resolve their current situations. It turns out Gon isn't there to make sure Pito heals Komugi, but is actually there to murder the child if she doesn't speed up. Or if he Damn. doesn't uh, they don't speed up, sorry. Um in lighter news, Kila reenacts his own childhood abuse by connecting himself to an electrical socket to make himself stronger. Uh, Melioron takes notice, but doesn't know what to say or what he could even do. Imagine after he's like, oh, daddy. It's like, wait, what? What? All right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's... Woo. Back to Gon. He's playing it very cautiously, and despite Poof's suggestion, he tells him not to move. 
Uh, Yuppie learns to control his rage explosion and becomes an avatar of anger, looking like a full centaur with a man's face growing out of his arm and a tongue coming out of it and a blade replacing his other forearm and like a rhino horn for a hat. He kind of kind of reminded me of William Birkin almost. Who's William Birkin? From Resident Evil 2, the, 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 the eyeball dude. Okay, okay. Sorry, Sarah, what were you going to say? I was just saying when I saw this um, new form of his, it just made me think of like, what if you gave like a little kid just like draw a badass centaur like this is what they would come <laughs> up with just a bunch of like random things <laughs> that would make it look really tough <laughs> uh you know i'm actually gonna correct you and tell you that i think this is what happens when you tell one of those new image synthesis programs like dolly or whatever like i don't know draw me red centaur blade face with is clarity that 30 it, is that because they have a ton of fingers afterwards uh, yeah, he has a bunch of extra fingers, some growing out of his hair. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't have, like, shark hands, you know? <laughs> I have seen some of the most deranged takes about AI on Twitter recently. <laughs> it is uh, a nightmare. Yeah, honestly, like, we should have an AI discussion about how we're... Like, honestly, at this point, I think I'm going to put those plans up of moving into a cabin in the woods and just abandoning society again. Nah, man. I think I think what's gonna happen is like the cost is gonna catch up, and people are gonna realize that like the initial promise is much more intense than what they'll get now. But it will take a bit, and it will get priced in, and people will have to find ways to fucking monetize it through like them just like including like Coca Cola in photos and shit like that. It's like, hey, why are all the <laughs> the hot women that I like had it synthesized drinking Coca Cola constantly? It's a, it's a, it's like you type in naked naked hentai hentai character. There's a lady naked holding a Coca Cola. Yeah, and, and Papa John's is there. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, AI art. Uh, and I know Hannah has a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah, it's, it's art in big quotes, but that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Honestly, we need. Honestly, they need. The AI needs to overthrow us and just kill us all already. Just get it over with. Speaking of a monster made from the protoplasm reflecting like an agglomeration of different sources, Yuppie. Uh, <laughs> what a segue. Yeah, APR has grown, and in three minutes, Yuppie will have been drained. There's some major inconsistencies Ooh. here regarding the numbers, so it might not be worth digging into until later, but uh, just know that he's got three minutes left. Uh, and this is partially because he keeps on doing that explosion thing, which, as you might guess, uses a lot of energy. There's a lot of euphemisms there, but I'm too much of a gentleman to make those make those jokes. Mm-hmm. A lot of three-minute mm-hmm. explosions lasting mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm, honey. Uh, Morel gets exhausted before and uh, before the exploding Yuppie can run out of fuel, leaving Morel unguarded. Yuppie sincerely calls the two of them amazing, as the narrator makes it clear Yuppie had grown the most of anyone during the invasion, learning to hold reciprocal emotions and approach full personhood from a completely inhuman direction. I so basically, this is out of context. This out of context. This sounds weird. I think it's really interesting the idea that like so the other Chimera ants have human DNA and that partially explains like their level of like introspection while Yuppie is entirely non-human and entirely alien and come somehow comes to like an interesting like sentience and near humanity through just like convergent evolution basically it's fascinating no it is like honestly this is one of my favorite parts of the anime just the fact that you know Yuppie is like mature and honestly 
out of all the Chimera ants that seem to have the most human-esque, like, like, uh, I guess, intelligence and, like, you know, maturity, he, like, is probably the one of the most, the, the one that got to that level faster than, like, like, uh, Poof and Pito did when they're clearly human-esque. I won't say faster. It's it's interesting because like so when he started, he was able to fully dissociate his logic from his emotions, but he realized that a more mature and more developed and strategically better thing would be not to separate them, what would be to better understand and help control his own emotion uh, emotions through experiencing them, which is like a really interesting statement on again, emotional intelligence, but in this case focused on the self. Yeah, no, it's it's just fascinating what they're doing with you UPN. Honestly, he's easy to become my favorite Chimera Ant because of this. Like, it's just amazing. I love, I love UP. I think he's my favorite Royal Guard. I won't say he's my favorite Chimera Ant, but okay, we'll leave that. that's what I meant. Royal Guard. My bad. Yeah, we'll leave that for a later discussion. But UP is about to kill Morel, which in his near Catatonia, the older man accepts from a worthy adversary. So basically, they kind of recognize each other. It's a real, real recognized, real moment there. Poor, poor shoots sitting there crying. It's like, why didn't I get this? <laughs> I find it very like I find Yubi because they're both kind of playing off the like noble warrior trope he's kind of similar to Wham in Jojo yeah and, like if you were to you know basically shift your focus a little bit more shoot is kind of a Caesar like figure except you know he doesn't have a cross fall on him unfortunately hey I like I like shoot I like shoot too I'm not I'm yeah but you know, sometimes maybe we honestly maybe they should like have killed they should kill one of these characters off. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with that. So Morel gets pulled out of the way by an invisible Melioron, and they're trailing blood though, and so Yuppie threatens to kill them, uh, causing Knuckle to reveal himself and beg for Morel's life. My thing is, why didn't why didn't uh, Melioron just grab him by the bat his back where the wound was and covered it with his hand? And while maybe it might splitter here and there, he'd be able to hold most of it in and have the blood like go down his arm versus. I don't think he realized where it was until it had already dripped on the ground, and he could infer the position well enough. So basically, he could have just started like sw- slashing wildly and eventually hit him. Yeah, because I would, I would, as soon as I noticed, I was like grabbed him and just started running in a direction like away from there and just like ran like crazy. But I guess that makes sense. You just like go in that direction, just go all in that like the air generalized area. Yeah. So remember that like at this point, um, Yuppie has intuited that there is both an invisible guy and a teleporter, but he's unclear whether they're like one person or not. And so mm. once he sees the blood, he's like, "Oh, there! It's clearly an invisible guy who's here." He's the invisible man. Yeah. Exactly. Did you guys ever watch Hollow Man or Hollow Bat Girl? Uh. The the Gwen what? Stefani music video? No, that second one's a fucking reference to a really old uh, Jim Stephanie Sterling bit. But um, did you guys ever watch <laughs> Hollow Man? I don't think. Oh so. yeah, no. I I, I remember the only one, the the one thing I remember. Wait, the the old one or the remake? Uh no, Hollow Man. There's only one. You're thinking of Invisible Man, which is different. Oh no, Hollow, oh yeah, that's yeah. I I think there's one scene I remember specifically, and and you probably could guess what scene that was. The like weird pool scene? No, the one I think. Hopefully, we're talking about the. That's the one where the they have this guy and they're, they're expanding on him and they make him see through and like he's yeah. invisible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, never mind. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I haven't uh, watched it in a while. I don't is know. Is that the one with Kevin Bacon? Yes. Well, Kevin okay. Bacon played I, the Invisible I watched, Man. I watched the... a synopsis 
video of it. And I was like, oh, this is wild. <laughs> I, just, my, I think my, oh no, the scene I remember, it's uh, when they have those goggles on and, and like you just see him come out with a wire and just grab him around the neck. That's oh, the one yeah. thing I remember. I didn't remember that, but yeah, The Invisible Man was the first movie where I like predicted every single Hollow beat Man? in the, oh yeah, fucking Hollow Man's the first movie where I predicted every single beat in the movie and was like, okay, I now know the extent of bad movies. Yeah, I I still think that that's the best death ever. He just kicks him down an elevator shaft that's on fire. When he showed up, when he was on fire, I like I I think I verbally said to like my brother, I'm like he's gonna fucking show up and be on fire, and then he did, and I was like, yeah, what the fuck is this movie? It was pretty. It was a pretty fun movie. Besides the the, the weird sexual assault scene, that was kind of weird. Yeah, but anyways, uh. So from there, uh, Yuppie really does. Oh, so Yuppie says he's willing to leave them alone if Knuckle pops APR, which he does uh, to his master and Meliorans despair. Yuppie really does leave them, and uh, he recognize like he basically recognizing it's due to the development of his own emotions and ideals. Says that he's beginning to sound like Poof. So it's wow. kind of like you know, like oh, I'm sentimental like that <laughs> asshole or something. He's, he's like, it's like, I hate you, I guess, Baka. Lol. <laughs> so the narrator says something to the effect of like, uh, that the struggle awakened his ego and sense of self. And once he had learned to compartmentalize his rage, his rational side could no longer perceive the world so simply and his perception grew. And, uh, I, I really do like, it's very much a, a like fucking, um, the Grinch who stole Christmas moment of like, oh, his heart grew four sizes that day. Oh, I thought you were going to say that he became like Jim Carrey's Jim Grinch. Carrey, yeah. He became Jim Carrey. It was very <laughs> weird. He started in he started in Man on the Moon and became uh Andy Kaufman for the rest of the year or something. He actually started as Jim Carrey because remember, Jim Carrey doesn't believe in the existence of the self and Yuppie previously didn't. Fair enough. All right. So he went from being Jim Carrey to being end of movie Grinch. Makes sense. Life imitates art, I guess. <laughs> you know, someone actually, it's kind of off topic, but speaking of the Grinch, somebody actually sent me in the entirety of the Grinch on for the Sega Saturn, like the entire special. They there put was on a Grinch a, disc for Sega Saturn or game or like what? It, it's basically, so somebody encoded the entirety of the Grinch special, the 60s one, put it on a file, sent it to me, and I watched it on my Sega Saturn. Interesting. So there's not a Grinch Miss Knights though, is there? No, but there is a Grinch game on the Dreamcast. Damn. What? Oh, wait, was it the actually the Jim Carrey one in that case? Uh, I don't think it's Jim. I think it's just g- generic Grinch, but I believe it might be. You know, I don't know the timeline. That wouldn't really make sense for a commercially released Dreamcast game. But anyways, Knuckles' experience hits him right in the heart. I can't... Uh, basically, he says of... Uh, he says of Yuppie, I can't just see him as something to exterminate now. He acknowledged how serious we are, So why could? Uh, so why would we keep doing this? And so you kind of see something that was always a vulnerability about Knuckle, the fact that he wanted to go there to save the Chimera Ants and be able to preserve them. And that's like the intention he originally came in with and kind of got distracted by his like, you know, schoolboy ruffian instincts to beat the shit out of a dude. But now he's like having division in his own heart about whether they can just kill them. So kind of like Kurobara? Yeah, like Kurobara, yeah. I'm Although not really, because I think Kurobara is like, yeah, demons are evil until like, you know, like later. Mm-hmm. I, I've found this interesting in the sense that it, it wasn't necessarily an act of compassion that UV displayed, but like, I guess show like respect because I think before any interactions that they had with Anne's were like, oh, 
you're nothing or like oh how dare you try to fight against us like the superiority and i feel like this is the one moment of like mutual respect that happened so i feel like in any other situations that characters i feel like kind of have this um revelation or change of heart it's usually because they witness something the other party doing something kind that essentially humanizes them which i don't think yuffie necessarily did i feel like he's still very much as a threat and you could argue oh it's self-defense why we went after him and you could still argue that for the entire campaign against the ants um but yeah i found it interesting that no- this is like the moment that knuckle decided like his mind's changing yeah, it's it's definitely it's a mutual respect, but also I think he's seeing the way that Yuppie's mind is changing, which is fascinating. But what's interesting is from Yuppie's perspective of like you know sparing these weaker guys because of their effort. Um, you know, this is kind of a trope you see it with, but normally in similar things in anime, it's because the other person's also about to die and they're just not going to finish them off because they like want them to like have lived out their last will. And so in the case of Wham in season two of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, he recognizes Caesar as a dead man walking and just kind of like leaves the room. Um, and in the case of uh, Rao and Toki from Fist of the North Star, he recognizes, hey, my brother has anime cancer, uh, so he's not actually a threat to me. So I'm going to let him like live the rest of his days in the countryside. With anime so, cancer. Yeah, with anime cancer. Um, is, is it better? Is, is anime cancer better or worse than whale cancer? Uh, I mean, it's not as cowabunga as whale cancer, but it is, uh, but like basically, F-E-O. yeah, F yeah, but, uh, it's, it's kind of this weird thing where in Fist of the North Star, <laughs> in the beginning of it, before the series takes place, you find out that like Kenshiro, the main character's older adoptive brother, like when they were all like trying to get into a nuclear fallout shelter where the main computerized door wasn't closing, this giant jacked man who's like his older adoptive brother pushed him inside and then like went to the outside and physically closed it from the outside and sacrificed himself so everyone could live. But since he was like the greatest fighter on earth at the time in a place where like, you know, people have mystical chi powers and shit, he survives. He now just has terrible anime cancer. I hate that. Anime cancer is the worst type of cancer. Yeah. It's, you know, since we had it, any number of otherwise unkillable folks have it. I'm pretty sure somebody in this series is going to probably have it. Just, just an assumption. You know, I think we're going to learn all about anime cancer coming from the dark content. <laughs> but, um, God. Yeah. So uh, after this speech from Knuckle about his newfound respect and, you know, compassion for the ants, Nov comes out like a, a jittering weirdo, although it's clear why he's very scared. Uh, he comes out of the ether and tells them that the wills of individual ants are meaningless as the king can take their individu- the individuated ants and turn them into mindless monsters, like a writhing, screaming mass. And so interesting no, yeah the idea of like oh yeah individual ants can reform but like the group of them will just be this nightmare creature and so then nov mentions that the chairman has made it to quote unquote the agreed upon spot which the others react strongly to uh nov so, then ooh. says even if they leave now the royal guards can't possibly get there in time so i find this interesting because we cannot actually talk about what this means right now but it is fascinating to me that they react this way because it sounds like they know something, something really interesting about the explosivity of the match between the two of them. And so it's it's going to blow the fuck up. But anyways, oh, as, Nov, boy. <laughs> as Nov takes the injured Morel, Knuckle, and Melioron, uh, Knuckle and Melioron are going to find another royal guard. 
before the explosive fight. Join us on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Down, 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 down. Ooh. Oh, I thought I just thought this episode was really intense, but we can go after that after we talk about the manga notes. That sounds good. Patrick, take it away. All right. Uh, damn, I'm really loving the shoujo style that Tsugashi has so been doing. It so good. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I think, like, I just, uh, maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, but maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe what's her name? Uh, Ghost drew drew some of these things because it kind of kind of almost looks like her style almost. Yeah, I'd say I do kind of miss this sort of style in um, I, I mean, because I've been trying to observe like sojo art versus like shonen art. I want to say it's like the kind of like a perfect blend of both. It reminds yeah. me a lot of like obviously. Um, oh my gosh. I'm forgetting your name. The the creator of Sailor Moon. No, but also, but also reminds me of like other. I think I, better for better lack of word, action oriented shoujo leaning anime and manga at the time, like Inuyasha. Like I feel like there's a sharpness to the style, but also a so, a, like a softness to the style that fits both. Is Inuyasha action oriented shoujo? I thought it was romance oriented a... shonen. That's what I, that's where I, I feel like I always thought it was like a shoujo, but it probably is more of a shonen. It's yeah. interesting. It kind of, if, if, depending on who you talk to. It is funny though, because I think that Mangaka is the only, only person that I know that made both a shoujo and a shonen. I mean, no, there are definitely more examples, but like, you mean famous and has made multiple. Cause like, yeah. Cause, um, for instance, Ranma Half is definitely a shonen, but incorporates a lot of shoujo aspects. And, yeah, but 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 your your uh, Yatsura is definitely a shoujo. Is I think it? it's technically a shonen. Yeah, I think really? yeah. I'm yeah, looking I think right now. It's released shonen. on a shonen manga man magazine. Again, oh. these terms are flexible, anyways, especially in the yeah. 80s, and especially with regards to Rumiko Takahashi. <laughs> but yeah, if if you really like that style, I think Sailor Moon S really captured that style perfectly with the, the that that sh- shoujo style with that anime look. It looks really good. Like honestly, the Sailor Moon S looks really beautiful. So so yeah. back to the shot of Pito, it kind of looks like a if you just took a screenshot in the middle of the opening to Madoka Magica. Honestly, it kind of does. Like you just see the wind blowing and it's like a bold daring dream. That was Magic Night Rare with my bed. Yeah, I was like, I don't think that's the theme song, but yeah. <laughs> just guitarist. All right. So, but yeah, go up. Uh, We'll have to post this on Twitter. It really looks good. I like this art a lot. Damn, I can't believe this next panel got a Michelin star because the Michelin man's here. Yeah, uh, the Michelin man had it kind of rough, and uh, and Hunter Hunter he kind of exploded a bit. Or maybe it might be in the Marshmallow Man. I don't know. What do you guys think, Michelin Man or Marshmallow Man? Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Uh, Joe said Marshmallow Man. I don't know. Uh, sing us a song. He's the marshmallow man. Goddamn. All right. Uh, so the next one is uh is uh, Junji Ito did a guest panel in this uh in this comic. <laughs> oh my god, this is like, like something honestly, else. Yeah, this honestly, looks like what if Cooler from Dragon Ball Z got horny? G- yeah, had a horn and replaced his arm with a scythe. Had fucking uh the villain of the rescue yukina arc grow out of his arm 
with a penis out of the mouth with a mustache that is clearly just pubic hair on top of an incredibly ripped centaur body. Um, <laughs> this is like that episode of Aqua Teen where Shake kept on getting plastic surgery. It kind of does. <laughs> is this his final form or like mid transformation in how in the manga? Oh, you'll find out. Oh God. And then I love this little panel. Give me more rage, more, more, and just like the the line art. It reminds me of like a a maximum the hormone com uh cover. Hurt me more, snake. Pretty much. But I love it. Um, and uh, the one other difference is that, like I said, we were saying before that they're interspersing different like parts into it. Like it, it cuts like in the middle of the manga, se- the middle manga no- sections to uh the Netero versus uh versus Merum fight for some reason. So I, I I guess I guess I can see it like maybe like a a mega cut and it would get kind of annoying cutting constantly. So I can I can see why they they took that out of the anime. Yeah. It's interesting too, like the this conversation that's happening right now. It's like Netro speaking, and he, uh, Miram just asks a question out of that's not related to the conversation. Exactly. <laughs> like Netro seems surprised. He's like, "What do you mean?" It's like, it's like uh, dude, that's kind of cringe, bro. Let me finish my 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 thought. I can't it's wait okay. till we get there because I think mm-hmm. their fights. Their fight and their discussion around it is like one of my favorite things in any anime. I I do like the the illusion in the first in the first text bubble from Netero Joe. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, and then this this one is a. Uh, it was weird. I was reading the official the officially official official, uh, Yuhak, uh sorry the Hunter Hunter uh, manga on Viz, and the editor added his notes edited edited by. Me too, Ichi. Me too, okay. Ichi. I was about to say that's definitely not me too, Ichi. Me too. <laughs> okay, but please check out who the translation is by because it's pretty sick. So yeah, Me um, too, Ichi is the trans. Or, it's translated by Shadow Skill. Hashtag Shadow Skill. Yeah, and Ufla here doing it raw. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so basically, it's it's this person that's saying they should check out the the official his their other official translations that they did for Viz. Officially, right, Joe? <laughs> Very official, based on this website. Also, you gotta tell me what country code that is because I don't know. Uh, huh. uh, is that? Hold on, let me see. Let me see the dot co dot nr. I know N- nz is uh co dot nr. Oh my god! Unsurprisingly, it's Nauru. Nauru. Nauru, which is like a country in Oceania that was like used along with Tokelu a lot as like a place you could host things because they had really lax laws and like you could just you could do heinous shit there for a number of years that's weird i wonder i mean this is official so i don't know why you know they would do that i mean it's official right oh yeah i mean they're officially in bed with nauru i guess yeah it's just a uh, visit servers are hosting nauru but i shared this website uh and i and i guess it's this has been an old one an old website because it uh i feared to be dead but then i wasn't expecting it to live lead to another song it's like ellisvlad.co.nr with a a message that said cool things are coming dot 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 and i guarantee you that's been there for about 10 or 20 years okay i'm gonna open up the source right now <laughs> and see if there's anything coming in the background Continue. I'm just gonna look. I'm just gonna look this up in my in my spare time. 
He's checking out the Viz official site to make sure you know. Yeah, the visual official. I'm going to read their entire source code because I assume we'll be. Yeah, it's uh, 11 lines of HTML head link relative pre-connect, uh, <laughs> Google APIs fonts. Wow. Yeah, this is a really intense website for 11 lines of code. Yeah, Viz has got something cool things, something cool coming soon. Yeah, they're coming soon. Yeah, I wonder what they're gonna gonna be. Anyways, uh, so uh, I probably should look at the Wayback Machine on that. But anyways, uh, the next panel is Knuckle looking looking like a uh, like a movie poster character, like Knuckle. I lost. It's, it's like I, I lost utterly. Just looking out into the distance, like with his his cheat his thick cake, just pointing at us. No shirt it on. It does kind of look like the poster for like a Rocky movie. It kind of does. I do need to. I need to re- need to watch the the Apollo movies, the Creed movies. I heard no, they're actually um, really good. Yeah, you so, should watch the thirteenth one. Thirteenth. <laughs> oh, you're funny. <laughs> uh, anyway, God, it, Bill Paxton, R.I.P. I'm pretty sure Bill I, Paxton's in that, right? I, I always get Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman confused when they're not like alike at all. That's cool. I do the same thing with a couple other actors as well. Uh, so for, for Nov, when he came in, he looked more like a Japanese aging, uh, aged businessman. Like, you ever see, like, the old old dudes in the suit? They have, like, the thinning hair and the glasses. Kind of looks he like looks that. He looks like a stressed-out skeleton. That, too. Mr. Bones. But, yeah, he's looking not good. Definitely Damn. look worse than the manga. Sans Undertale is here. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, did you want to be the last one, Joe? Yeah, so the manga then makes it clear that UP has less than 500k left at the point that, like, you know, it stops tracking it. And then with his debt to APR being 550k, so that means he had more than 1 million, you know, energy units or whatever. Like, whatever that's worth. He, he had I, a million Scoville units. I do think the use of a million... Like, while it's a significant number, I also half wonder if it's just, like, a convenient one because that's, like, what fucking Frieza had as, like, a cool power level until they, like, just started shattering that later. And I was so going to say, like, I, was, I was like, it's kind of like Dragon Ball Z where it's like, yeah, there's there's a power level, but it doesn't really matter at this point. It's like a bagillion at this point after the, the gods. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about Dragon Ball Z's power at, at some point, but in Hunter x Hunter, I do like that they basically put it out there just to make it more of a clock timer rather than like actually it be a determining thing about power. Well, like, they, they make shouldn't... a distinction. They make a distinction between power and energy, which I think most shonen battle anime do not. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Kind of a weird choice, but uh, yeah, uh, that's Hunter for you. Yeah. So overall, what did you guys think of this group of episodes? I thought they were really good. I especially really liked the second episode. Um, Same. Yeah, definitely. definitely some I, like ones where I did felt a lot of frustration, <laughs> but I probably was more thinking on the lines of Melloronan, like, why did you do this, Knuckle? Why? <laughs> Which ended up being the right call, but in the heat of the moment, it's, you think, like, why, you think, like, the, it seemed like he was kind of throwing everything they worked for away. It seemed like the illogical thing to do, but so I don't know he... if they say that his choice was actually illogical. That was just about uh, that was just about uh, Morel's choice. In his case, I think all of us are probably in agreement that, like, hey, for the good of the world, probably should have just not done that. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I also understand it probably it makes sense for Knuckle. It's fr- it's a little frustratingly uh <laughs> shown in <laughs> the decisions being made matters when it comes to matters of the heart. It's kind of I was watching Alice in Borderland season two with Hannah Morris and you were thinking like there are just a lot of moments where that were just really frustrating because it's like oh you could have taken this guy out when you had the chance but you're trying to talk him down or reason with him being diplomatic I that one it's it's pretty good in the second season we really enjoyed it but from another perspective you know like you know violence and isn't always the answer so it makes sense why they did it and why it worked out and I was feeling a little bit of frustration here, but it ended up working out, and I think ultimately was like the best outcome that could have happened because they decided. Hmm? What makes you think it worked out? How far have you watched at this point? I mean, with here, I haven't watched further than this. It just worked out because I feel like Yuvi would have killed them if they tried to attack him again. But Yuffie still could kill other people in a way that if they had been able to last another three minutes, they could have just completely drained him. Yeah, Patrick, you you saying whatever. But but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it has uh, actually played out well for them yet. Like, that remains to be seen. I wasn't going to yeah. make a sex joke, but now I am. Well, I guess don't it's like it worked me, out in the sense that Morel didn't get killed right away. <laughs> yeah, it, it worked out like in the short term, for sure. Short term. Not in the long term. I think sh- short term is what I'm more seeing, because it's like, what else could have had? Like, I don't know, because he was about to die. Um, and I don't know if anyone really had the... Would have been able to sa- have the chance to save him. But Yuffie actually stood down. So I was like, oh, all right. guess it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do like shows and games and art generally that does show the implicit incredible danger of actually trying to help and save and convert people on the enemy side. Like, for instance, I'm playing through Tactics Ogre right now, and every time you try to actually convert someone from the other side, unless you kill all their teammates, like, it is an incredibly dangerous and even in the best case scenario, low chance of working move. And so yeah. it, it just puts you in horrible circumstances where they might then like get behind one of your healers and just stab them to death. And like Gundam and other anime deal with this too, where people like try so hard, even with the ability to, so a lot of Gundam is about having psychic empathy powers that allow you to like fully understand another person's emotions. And people still do this, but because of the material concerns of war, even though they can fully understand each other emotionally, they end up putting themselves into compromising situations where people still end up dying when trying to convert people and help them. And so I do like that there is a danger to this and that like there is still a clear and present danger to being quote-unquote too soft if it's not deployed strategically. And like it, I'm not therefore saying it's never good to do that. I'm more saying like, it is interesting dealing with fiction that deals with the consequences of failing that. Yeah, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that Knuckle would have took the took the chance of oh this giant demon spawn will will not kill him if I if I release this power and, and just and like just like okay you release your power and I'm gonna kill both of you. It's like because so he is... had he had nothing he had he had no way to guarantee he wasn't because like I'll just kill you anyway so. Yeah, I definitely think this is Knuckle projecting because he's thinking of everyone else is like me. I'm a warrior. This is how I would do things. 
And he just happened to coincidentally be right. Like, oh shit, Yuppie has evolved the personality of a warrior. But yeah, and, like I mean, a from warrior all we've like, seen, more... it's like he's not. He's like a giant demon spawn dude. He's a, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that he overheard the like comment to Morel of like, "You guys are amazing." Like, yeah. you could make that argument, and I would like, I would halfway accept it. I don't think it's necessarily a great argument, but like, it is an argument that is worth considering. But I do mostly think that it is Knuckle projecting his warrior, like honorable warrior mentality, onto other people. Yeah, he just got incredibly lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Have you guys watched uh, The Melancholy of Suzumiya Haruhi? Nope. Uh, a long time ago. <laughs> oh, this is a huge spoiler, so I can't really. Patrick, do you ever intend on watching it? Uh, Probably not. Is is, is it anything related to uh, Melancholy and in, in the Infinite Sadness? No, no. But okay. it's basically like this world where this person is searching for interesting people and just happens to attract them to herself. Uh, I'm not going to say, say more than that because that's a huge spoiler, but you know, the book, the secret, it's basically what if the secret was real? Um, and right. like, so, uh, knuckle is really either. pulling knuckle is pulling the secret here. He's just like, I'm manifesting warriors. Dang. It's like, it's like, it's like, yes, this guy is now good. Even though he turned into a resident evil two villain. I won't say good, but I will say that his ethics are different than just a pure survival creature, which he was up to a certain point. Yeah, because I did, I did think my favorite part is when like uh when like when the when the, he the negotiates that boom knuckle was like here kill me instead and he's like hell no I I'm getting drained I'm getting drained and I'm losing power from this dude right here <laughs> fuck you fuck you like it's like damn get rid of this dude he's like no I'm not gonna do that's a crap trade and he's gonna kill him he's like wait I'll pop that thing for his like, okay there there we go now we're talking. I'm sad that APR. Oh yeah, okay. Rate those deaths. Rip APR. APR, the cutest interest, the cu cutest compound interest baby to ever exist. I mean, he's not dead. He just stopped using him. He, he's dead, man. That APR is dead. The next one's a new one. It's a new balloon. Oh, is that how it works? I don't know. My thing. My thing is, why didn't why didn't he stop it during the battle with Gon? Uh, I think he wanted to teach Gon a lesson. Oh well, he taught him a lesson, all right. Yeah, I, I was going to say, back to the prestige, uh, you know, like when you get teleported, you don't know if it's the same you or it's a different you, man. Yeah, I think I, I like that the se sequel when they were, they went to the prison and then he had to like, like be a prisoner and like went undercover. Yeah, it was really weird that Tesla wasn't in that movie, too. But anyways, yeah, kind of weird, kind of weird. But yeah, honestly, for, like when I heard the prestige, I thought it was a police movie for the longest time. Like, it's like, it you know, does, the prestige. It does sound like one until you realize that they didn't say the precinct, even though it definitely sounds like it. Yeah, honestly. I guess because there's a lot of, like, because I, I thought it was, like, one of those, like, Assault on Pre uh, was it Precinct 13 or, like, um, yeah. Crap. What was the other movie? The one, the, the, the Taking the of Pelham, whatever. Yeah, that one and the, um, that other movie, the, the Departed came out. So I thought it was one of those things. Yeah, I could definitely see making that assumption. Yeah, but I never, like I said, I never watched it. And I think that didn't Now You See Me come out the same time as well? I don't know. Well, I never saw that movie either. It looked pretty bad. Yeah, but um, to to bring it back to the episode, um, yeah, I, I think Nob is interesting because, like, what he says, it it it's a thing that is relevant. It's just, like, what, it, how did he have any proof that was the case? Because I think right now he's just operating on instinct, of having been so afraid 
of Poof's aura that he's just like, oh yeah, uh, the king can just turn them into mindless monsters. But I don't think he has evidence for that. Like, I think he just happens to be right. He needs to look up, he needs to do some research. He needs to look on Wikipedia or Hunterpedia. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, do some research, buddy. But yeah, for real, I, I really like this episode. I think, as we mentioned earlier, Yuppie's character growth is really interesting and like sort of the way that that's reflected with knuckle um as someone who's also kind of like growing through this experience but in like a different and more human way because like i think the amount of growth shoot had is the most growth that a human being could have in an extreme circumstance while like knuckle is doing what a normal person would have by going through something extreme mm-hmm. yeah also i think i think this should be the next mxc challenge fighting off the Fighting off the uh, the chimera ants. Yeah, why not? I guess. <laughs> um. Yeah. Do you guys have anything more to say about this episode, or should we uh, close it out? I think we could close it out. Oh yeah. Sorry. One last thing. Uh, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. APR. Uh, I'm gonna give you whatever your interest rate was out of ten. A million. <laughs> No, he had an interest rate. I don't remember what it was. It was something that compounded over a certain amount of time. And at some point I knew it. And at some point I was doing calculations based it on it. It looked like it was like five around either. It could be anything from around 53,000 to 530,000. No, it was like a certain amount of percent per 10 oh. seconds, I think was what it was. The interest so, rate of, is 10% of borrowed aura. Is it 10% of borrowed aura, but is it compounded every certain amount of seconds? Every like 10 the, seconds. I thought it was 7% every 10 seconds. It says t- 10% every 10 seconds, according Damn, to that's a, that's anima- Animo.com. I don't know if the math for that makes sense. I mean, okay, I'm going to, okay, someone else handle the outro, and I'm going to look into a fucking compound interest formula right now. Uh, Joe's about to do some meth, not math, meth, so. Okay, maybe not that, but anyways, uh, I'll close this out. Uh, please uh, thank you thank you so much for listening to the spirit hunters please hit us up with questions requests or just to chat our facebook or, or twitter at spirit hunter pod heads up check us out at patreon.com slash spirit hunter pod and join our public discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of hunter uu and much more speaking of the discord if you want to support us another way you can help us give us a written review on apple Podcasts. it true gets a service to tens of hundreds more people or just gets our rating up so people will be like, yo, this school is cool. Let's go watch it and see Patrick McDumb jokes and talk about Franklin video games. It's awesome. Amazing. All right. Uh, finally, today's intro and outro themes were made by Michael Shingo Crawford and Matt T. Mm, respectively. Check them both out on YouTube. Also, big shout out to editor Tommy. Thanks to him. The rest of the crew can focus on, focus on research and talking to Gashi. See you on the other side. I'm still doing this calculation. All right, wait. We'll wait till he does the calculation first. And we'll keep running it. So hold the, the music. Do like a record scratch, Tommy, and we'll get the calculations up. Okay, I'm gonna look up the numbers, but I feel that this was done wrong. Like Togashi's calculation, either that or Knuckles stuff is just estimates. But you know what? It doesn't matter. We're just gonna take it as is that it was gonna be. Does three Knuckles more minutes. seem like a math dude to you? I mean, frankly, yes, but I, I mean, but like, you know, some business math, I don't know. He's going to be an awful salary man growing up.
yeah. But anyways, uh, thank you much, guys, and uh, hope y'all don't get exploded by someone not wanting to have their master killed, I guess. <laughs> yep, don't, don't, don't explode into a balloon. Yeah. Also, turn into a rage monster. Grow a scythe for an arm. Have a man's face for your other arm. But despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. Yep, and with that, we'll see you guys later. Okay, see you guys. Bye. Bye.